0: Welcome to Dazer Update for October 1st, 2023. I'm your host, Chris Oloji. I'm
1: Brian Perkins. And I'm Janet Victoria.
0: And yeah, we've got a, a smallish week this week of news. Not really a ton happened here, but we did have some big things. Yep. Uh, a couple of notable people in the industry have stepped down from their jobs mm-hmm. uh, one retiring, one to probably do something else. Yeah. Uh, for that. Uh, we had a big layoff at mm-hmm. one of the major companies in the industry. We'll tell you about that, uh, as well as a handful of other things, including uh, uh, a certain company releasing uh, essentially a sequel to one of their most popular games that they mm-hmm. uh, you know, released the day of an E3 show several years ago as a mobile mm-hmm. game. So we'll tell you all about that. And plus, we'll do a little bit of a holiday release preview mm-hmm. here because it's October now. Uh, there are a ton of games coming out this month in November. Yep. And a few in December, but most of them are concentrated here over the next two months. Mm. And we'll kind of give you a heads up of what to look out for. Oh, yeah. Uh, for that stuff. But before we do that, we'll talk about what we've been playing. I'll kick it off here. I've been playing some Paleo Pines this week. Uh, this is a new life sim. Uh, I forget who uh, made this one in particular. Um, but I believe it is let me see, it is a thirty dollar game. I got it at a pre-order discount. It's from Maximum Games. Uh, and the developer is uh trying to check here. Italic Pig. Uh this is as you can probably guess, like a dinosaur themed life sim. Uh that is pretty neat. There's no combat to this, it's kind of more of your character uh is has been raising this dinosaur. Um, I forget what the specific kind it is. Uh, they they allude to it being a fairly uh, rare kind, at least in this area. Um, but yeah, it sort of outgrows the, the home you have, and you sort of get a postcard about this place called Paleo Pines that seems to be uh, sort of a big whole community around people that... Uh, raise and study and you know uh try to do a lot of preservation around these dinosaurs Uh, and they all feature real dinosaurs they may not look uh super accurate or anything it's kind of going for a very cutesy art style to it but it is a a very fun game
1: Mm -hmm.
0: as sort of uh you get to this this ranch that you're taking over and in true uh you know stardew valley kind of uh, fashion. It's got a lot of trash all over the place, and uh, there are, I think, three other sections that are sort of blocked off. Uh, one by rocks, so you need a dinosaur that can destroy rocks. Uh, one that can destroy wood, and one that can destroy uh, I don't know how to... Like, like big vines or something like that? I don't know. It's It's a weird plant thing, but... Uh, I have the, the first one, a Styracosaurus that can destroy rocks. Uh, which, if you don't know those, they look like stegosauruses. Mm. Or no, Triceratops. Um, but yeah. instead of three horns, it just has one and sort of a, a frill around its head that has a bunch of horns on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's even other variants of that kind of dinosaur there. I've seen actual Triceratops, uh, Stegosaurus's, um, yeah, a bunch of different kinds. Uh, you're going to probably befriend at least one of each kind. Uh, you probably want to mm. do multiple if you can. Uh, the limitation is that you need dream stones to ha- to help them, uh, as they that's sort of a a stone that's in limited quantities that uh, helps them sleep. It's uh, they don't really explain why. It's just like I don't know, these things help them sleep, uh, and you sort of turn that into like a a sleeping area for them Mm -hmm. as you sort of put some of your materials to that. So you get a lot of your basic types of materials, wood, rock, uh, fiber. Uh, You'll get those out of a lot of the, uh, the trash piles. You break up with uh, your main dinosaur. That's called lucky. Uh, You can probably change the name whenever, Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's the one that comes in by default. Uh, I have a gallimimus. That's a good for speed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dashing around the, the world there. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty good. Uh, that one can also, they, they can all help out on the farm. Uh, that one essentially takes a big gulp of water and spits it out on your crops.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but not in like a uniform fashion. It's kind of just random chance it'll get, you mm-hmm. know, the, the squares that are nearby uh, kind of thing. So, yeah, I've been doing a lot of farming. And that's, you don't ever eat anything, I don't think. Yeah. I have not gotten anything that I could eat and regain stamina, uh, which you use only by doing like farming stuff, as far as I've seen, or sprinting around if you're doing that. But I've got a Gallimimus, and and as the dinosaurs do their things, uh, they level up, they get experience out of it. That gives them more stamina to do the stuff that they do, uh, that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, it works out pretty nice to kind of level them up and get them doing more stuff. Um, And, yeah, you kind of go into the town that has uh, a lot of your main merchants and sort of there's a a quest board there. Mm -hmm. It just seems to be randomly generating a lot of quests, just like basically, oh, this person needs, you know, five pieces Mm of you know corn or, you know, uh, eight carrots or whatever. So uh, in my inventory, I've been stocking Mm -hmm. just some of the basic types of veggies and fruits that... People might need, and that saves me a lot of time. So the uh, the one kind of issue that runs into is just storage, which I think mm-hmm. becomes less of an issue as you go along. Because I believe there's a person that does clothing stuff, mm-hmm. which the initial stuff they're selling seems to be the other stuff in the character creator that I didn't pick for my character.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so you can buy that stuff if you want,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, but that's not you know what I'm looking for. But I've seen. People talking about uh, being able to get, you know, a better storage bag mm-hmm. for that. Uh, you do also have storage at your ranch, mm-hmm. uh, which helps out because when you do quests and there's rewards, and if it would overfill your inventory, it just goes directly to your ranch's inventory. Mm-hmm. Uh, though I'm about to fill up the, the the main page, I don't know if I get additional mm-hmm. if I go over that. So that's the the one thing I'm finding out, but. Yeah, getting a Styracosaurus, you're just befriending uh, these dinosaurs, which is a little weird dance thing. You have a flute that communicates with them uh-huh. in a weird way and has, uh, it's just one of each of the uh, shoulder and triggers. Uh-huh. Uh, and they'll do uh, color coded little bubbles that tell you what notes to hit and uh-huh. might have rings around them for holding it for longer, uh-huh. uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, so you kind of do that and once you're able to befriend it, you kind of do this thing of giving them food that either makes them uh, more tired or more uh, energized kind of thing, and oh. you're trying to get it into this weird sweet spot on this meter. Yeah. But then you can like give them a, a special treat called a poppin' that lets you befriend them, uh, that kind of stuff. So oh. uh, it's not too hard, but it's more about how much room you have back at the ranch to house them. I have my my three like regular-sized dinosaurs are hanging out in one pen. And they seem to be cool with each other. Uh, I had one little one that uh, was very much not cool with uh, crowds, at least with the big ones.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, so I had to build a separate pen for that one, uh, which works out fine oh. uh, for it. But yeah, story-wise, uh, I had to get the Strachosaurus so I could break some rocks to open up a path to a nearby... Area called dapplewood, uh-huh. uh, where a bunch of the people apparently live. Uh, so I went over there and checked it out and there's a lot of cool stuff there uh-huh. uh, but I haven't had time to do much over there, so I'm kind of just uh, doing a lot of story you know like random quest stuff and chipping away at some of the story stuff because they have longer term stuff, like finding more of the dinosaurs like the ones that you came to the to the area with. That are uh, supposedly wrong, but nobody's been able to find evidence of that kind of thing. So, uh, but otherwise, it's a, it's a very fun game. Very chill, kind of relaxing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing all that kind of fun stuff and just hanging out with dinosaurs, which is pretty cool. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's Paleo Pines. It's on everything. PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, 30 bucks, Pretty good time.
2: Mm.
0: Uh, then I got another game this week called Pizza Possum. Uh that is on everything as well, I believe. PlayStation five, uh Xbox Series X and S, Switch oh. and PC. It's only seven bucks uh with a ten dollar or ten percent discount for the launch period. Oh. Uh it is a they describe it as like an arcade uh stealth game, uh as you're uh possum that's in this uh seemingly like Italian style town. Like Island town, um, and somebody uh, the king is having a huge pizza pie made for them, mm-hmm. and being a hungry possum, you want to steal it, yeah, uh, so uh, you're kind of going around these different areas of the town, basically eating a bunch of food to fill up a meter that spawns a key mm. that you can use to open up uh, a locked gate to get to another area. It's kind of openish like that, but you kind of decide the the path you want to get around. Mm. So you kind of want to explore a bit uh, mm. for that stuff. And uh, as you find little burrows for your possum, uh, that's sort of their respawn point. Mm. Uh, if you get caught by the numerous dogs that patrol the island um, mm. and you got a, a handful of different kinds, there's like a, a wolf kind of dog that's very fast to chase you mm. um, but not always great at uh, chasing you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a bloodhound type that's very much really good at chasing you, but not very fast. Uh, and there's a bunch of others that are smaller ones or bigger ones and whatever. Uh, you're just trying to jump into bushes like your safety spot mm-hmm. uh, to get out of the way. But yeah, along the way you're kind of running around grabbing food uh, pretty easy. Just run into it and your character picks it up. Uh, we'll be chomping on it for a bit. Uh there's some big food items around. Uh like a giant, you know, fish that's been cooked and so you just stand near it and chunks of it fly off and uh you you know suck them in to mm-hmm. chew on them. That kind of stuff. You get fish and uh cakes and all sorts of treats and foods to mm-hmm. to you know chew on uh and fill up your meter uh but mm-hmm. a, your your main run uh, you're going to get up to a certain point where there's a, a one possum uh, hole that's like maybe three keys away from the end boss mm-hmm. and so you kind of have to do that all in one run um, and as your your runs fail you take the the points you get and it sort of fills up a meter and as that fills up it throws a new power up that you can find in the mm-hmm. in the uh, in the maps. Usually just a, a mystery box around that you just run into to see what what's in there, uh, mm-hmm. and if you don't like it, you can uh, run back over the item you just had to pick that back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found some some good stuff there. There's like energy drinks that get you running fast. Um, mm-hmm. There's like uh, traffic signs that you put up when I guess dogs are chasing you, and they will go around it, so you kind of slow them down that way. Uh, the one I really liked is the the smoke bombs, as they you throw them, they you know light up and explode. And in, in that time, whatever dogs are in that area lose track of you. And so uh, that's a a real key thing I found for that last section of the game, because you can kind of just go around, eat stuff, throw a bomb, take them off your tail, and you know hopefully have enough food to rush to the next area. And kind of keep working that if you get I think ten is the max you can have for any of the items, so if you have ten of those going into that end parts, you're in pretty good shape so uh but they yeah, once you steal the pizza and you take the crown from the king uh just to make fun of them uh it puts you back at the beginning of the game again with the crown, which you can uh put down on the on this area where there's some some spots for the crowns and sort of the the big challenge is to do three consecutive runs through without getting caught essentially, Mm -hmm. uh, or two additional ones. You can get caught as much as you want in that first one, but the, the next two you need to do without getting caught. So that adds a lot of extra challenge because beating it once is not that hard, especially with these sort of infinite respawns uh, you can get, uh, but it's that, uh, extra wrinkles, sort of the, the big hook of the game, at least, from what I've seen so far. Maybe they add more of a challenge to it after that, but that's what it's shown to me so far. And that game's a lot of fun. For 7 bucks. it's a uh-huh. very fun time, very silly. Yeah. A lot of fun uh, places to explore on the island. And uh, a lot of good challenge. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely recommend that one if you have a chance to play it.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, another game I've played, this is on Game Pass Cocoon. Uh, it's also on everything... PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC mm-hmm. uh, for $24.99, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from uh, Jeppe Carlson, uh, one of the main puzzle designers of Limbo and Inside. Mm-hmm. He has gone off to his own team and sort of built this uh, sort of mysterious uh, you know, puzzle adventure game
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, where you are this weird bug warrior creature mm-hmm. that as you're wandering around uh, is uh, essentially picking up these orbs that are representations of these different worlds. You know, initially you just have uh, the one uh, that you're in for a bit Mm -hmm. and sort of going around, exploring these areas, you know, dealing with the, uh, the puzzles though. Initially you're not really dealing with puzzles. You're just exploring uh, the stuff, but uh, uh, you're kind of going through. And once you have, your second world, it's kind of where the, the puzzle stuff starts picking up as you uh, can only carry one around. So there's the the notion of when you get to a certain point uh, where you spawn into in those worlds is right next to a place where you can park the other orb. Uh, so you're kind of parking them in there and then you see like, oh, I have an orange orb uh, with a green one inside. And so, you know, like, OK, the green one's in there because uh, holding the gr- orange orb uh, has a specific ability to it uh, that lets you get around certain areas uh a specific way. And the green orb has its own thing as well. And so uh, there's four of them. I'm, I've gotten the third, uh, beat the third boss in the game. And yeah, I'm not going to really spoil too much. Though a lot of it's just puzzle stuff of trying to figure out how how things work, how to do things, and uh, dealing with the, the bosses, which you're not doing any combat to them. You're kind of uh, the first boss. You're essentially dodging its attacks. uh, And then you eventually have uh, a creature show up with an orb that blows up. So you're trying to uh, pick it up at the right time as the, the boss gets near you and, you know, blow it up kind of thing. So you never have any direct attacks on any of these bosses. Mm. It's more of how you use the, uh, the orbs or whatever shows up in the, in the fight to mm-hmm. counter the boss's attacks kind of stuff. Um, And yeah, it's, it's got a really great art style, really great, uh, you know, music, great uh, puzzle design. It's not, it's not challenging, at least for me as somebody who plays a lot of puzzle games. Uh, it's not that challenging, but the it's, it's satisfying to figure out the mechanics and then sort of, see how it progresses as you go along. Uh, It's really well done for that. Um, It's a pretty simple game. Uh, You just have the analog stick and uh, you hit the A button to do the thing with the orb. Mm -hmm. Um, It has an option for accessibility, which just allows you to use either stick for moving around and expands how many buttons you can use for that Mm -hmm. uh, action, uh, which only goes to the face buttons and the two uh, R1-L1, uh, which I think it should just do triggers while it's at it mm. uh, for that stuff. But uh, other than that, there's no real other options. It's just some audio stuff, I think. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a very good game. I look forward to put some more time into it, try to beat it. It's maybe mm. probably four hours at most. Mm-hmm. Um, I played about two hours of it and I got to about 60% of the game completed. Mm-hmm. It tells you you go into the pause menu and hit load. Uh, it'll tell you what percentage you've completed,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: the neat thing is, it, uh, it essentially lets you rewind to any part of the game
1: mm-hmm.
0: as it's showing you like chunks of the game. Uh, so that's you know there are there's like one collectible of sorts that I believe leads into potential alternate endings.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so if you miss some of that stuff, uh, you have a, an opportunity to. Rewind without having to, like, replay entire chapters or anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, It has a lot of spokes on the wheel that uh, shows the timeline of things you've, of areas you've been to. And so uh, that's a a really cool way of doing that stuff. So uh, that's Cocoon. That's definitely worth checking out. It's on Game Pass right now. So worth checking out. All right. And uh, the last thing I played that's new is Foam Stars. they have their open beta party going on right now. Uh, I was streaming it, but my PS5 kept crashing with the game for some reason. So I ended up stopping uh, with that. But uh, the game itself is pretty neat. Um, It is a third-person shooter multiplayer game uh, based around foam. uh, Sort of with the definite influences of Splatoon, but uh, the way the foam works is very different from Splatoon. Uh, cause in Splatoon, you're just painting, uh, inking up areas. And that just, uh, is a, a surface covering, no real volume to it. Whereas here, the, the foam builds up, yeah. uh, for at least for your color, uh, yeah. for that stuff. From what I've seen the colors don't vary between matches, it might change on depending on match types and all that. But the, the one they start you with, uh, I forget what it's called. It's like sort of being the star uh, mm-hmm. where it's 44 and uh, you're sort of going around uh, getting what they call chills on enemies uh, instead of mm-hmm. kills uh, where you essentially shoot them enough, uh, take down their bar and then they're covered in foam and like a foam ball. And you can uh, use your board that you use to surf on the foam to hit them. And then they roll away and, wherever they hit a wall, they just die there and respawn a few seconds later. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, when you respawn in, you're sort of using your board to, uh, you know, like surf into the map kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a similar style, but you're not really launching into specific parts of the map. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is only the first mode. I did not get to play the second mode. Uh, you have to level up uh, your your account to get to that. And I did not in the, the time I played of it, but mm-hmm. uh, that seems like the more traditional, maybe team deathmatch main kind of match thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, the first one uh, is pretty neat. They, they had two maps, I think for that's one that kind of has this, it, it's all kind of Vegas themed. I think, I think they mm-hmm. call it bath Vegas uh, mm-hmm. for this area. Cause it's all foam stuff. Um, uh, the first one kind of had a big ball, uh, rolling around the, uh, the ring around this map, uh, so that all the foam that would be in there gets destroyed Mm -hmm. as it goes. So it kind of keeps the, uh, the foam kind of away for a chunk of the map Mm -hmm. uh, as well as providing some cover for it. Uh, the second map is kind of more open, uh, with a couple of walls in it and like Mm -hmm. a big statue in the middle. sort of like a town square kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, But uh, depending on the the characters you pick, uh, you have uh, opportunities to potentially build up foam. Some have abilities to destroy foam, uh, that kind of stuff, uh, as well as just attacks that can take out enemies and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, some are more defensive or offensive-oriented. They do have a big lobby area to jump into so you can switch between the different characters and try it out uh, you know test out their weapons and all that Mm -hmm. Uh, I did have a weird issue when launching in the maps I thought I clicked you know clicked on a character uh, and was you know locked in and then found out like no somebody else got it before you and so I was just sitting there being an idiot and depict a random character and I didn't know how Mm -hmm. to do anything with them Uh, so I had a few issues like that where it's like be nice to be able to just lock in one of these characters Mm mm-hmm uh, more easily or something or maybe have a ranking of like oh if this one's not available go to this one uh, that kind of stuff but uh, they had eight in the in the, the beta uh, all of them seem pretty decent for what they are it just depends on the styles that works for what you are good at so mm-hmm. um, but yeah it seems pretty solid I don't know I don't think they've said anything of that this is going to be free to play or paid or whatever mm-hmm. um, I believe it is PlayStation only. I think it's okay. PS5, PS4. I don't think there's a PC version at the moment. Uh, so I would be surprised if it's not on PlayStation Plus mm-hmm. at launch. That seems like a thing that they should do
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, for that. So, but yeah, everything about it seems pretty neat. Uh, the styles, a little bit uh, of the, the characters and the attitude, is kind of a little bit uh, rich, Playboy you know, influencer kind of annoying thing uh, to it. That might be just some of the characters uh, that you get. So that's like the only negative I've really had so far. Uh, it does have gyro controls. I don't think it's quite like Splatoon's gyro controls, but you may be tune the sensitivity and all that to make it better. Mm-hmm. Uh, that stuff maybe needs to be tuned a bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, your characters move pretty slowly. And like Splatoon, if you're, you know, surfing on your team's foam you're going faster if you're on your opponent's foam you're going slower and taking a little bit of damage uh kind of stuff and uh uh, it's it seems pretty solid so i'm curious to see when it comes out or how they're gonna get it out there so that's foam stars uh beta's pretty much over tonight so Uh not much more opportunity to check it out and uh the last game I'm playing some more of it is starfield. I dealt with my issue I took the i had to figure out where the hell my home planet is that my mm-hmm. dream home is at and dropped off my uh contraband there, Yep. uh to deal with that so that wasn't too bad now I'm trying to solve a a quest that's just like go find evidence of a a glacial recession thing, and I'm like I have no clue what that is. Mm. I just looked it up for we started recordings like, Oh, okay. It's on this one planet. Yeah. Uh, Cause I thought I just had to go and survey these planets in this one sector, this one system and like find the one that seriously has this thing. But now you have to go find a specific thing on a planet that it doesn't highlight, just highlights the whole system. Mm-hmm. So that's weird. But yeah, I got my uh, ship switched up. So uh, all good with uh, the storage now. Mm. Uh, I got my commerce upgraded so now I can sell my stuff without having to worry about it counting towards potential upgrades of that skill. So
2: yeah.
0: I got a lot of crap to sell and need to find people to sell it to because they only have like five thousand credits to their yeah. their account for uh some of these places and that's not enough for what I have to sell to them. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. So that's been pretty much it for me. So Brandon, how about you? Well, um,
2: First and foremost, uh, I put uh Founders Gate three to the side for a little while, not because I got tired of that game or anything or you know just didn't want to play it anymore. Far from it, I love that game, and it's definitely gonna be unless something drastic happens it's gonna be my game of the year for sure but the problem is it's it, 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 if you hadn't noticed, I was basically playing that nothing but that game for two weeks straight, and I was like, yeah, at some point I'm gonna need to." put this aside and try some other stuff, because this game has pretty much taken over my life, um, which is very much a, you know, very much a sort of a, a, a good thing to say to Larian because they made something genuinely amazing. But with that said, I decided uh, I was going to go ahead and boot up Cyberpunk 2077 again. Partly, it was because I wanted to... Uh, do the, uh, see what the game was like after the 2.0 update, and, like, they definitely did change a lot of things with this new update, That, that at least in their mind is closer to what the game's vision was as they originally showed it to us. Um, the most obvious thing that you'll see right off the bat is that the, uh, the skill tree is completely redone. They completely gutted it and completely redid the whole thing from top to bottom. Uh, And so doing that, they basically refund all of your skill points up to that point and basically tell you, okay, now, you know, these are how the new systems, this is how they work and this is what you got to do. So it's a lot more uh, intuitive. There's a lot more branching to it. Um, and it's a lot more in sort. It's a, it, it's a bit closer to like the actual stats in the in the RPG, um, but like in but but you know for a video game. Um, and yeah, it, it's it, that's it. The, there's been some graphic definite graphical upgrades. Uh, the cops are much more uh, present than they were originally in the original game the Night City Police Department was basically isolated to, like, any crime scene you came across, or if they were, like, involved in a quest. Here, no, they're everywhere. They're on the streets, they're patrolling, and if you do something stupid, they will track you down and try to either kill or arrest you. Um. And, but yeah, so, other than that, um, I also wanted to get the, uh, I wanted to play the Phantom Liberty expansion, which, of course, was hyped up and everything. But basically what it is, is it's basically the current president of the NUS, that's the United States, uh, Rosalind Myers. Uh, she is on her like personal transportation vehicle. And then you get a message from a netrunner named Songbird who's on board with President Myers. And she's telling you, she tells you somebody has hijacked, you know, the track, the the autopilot software, and we are en route to crashing in the middle of Pacifica. And the place they end up uh, crashing into is called Dogtown. It's an area that if you if you played the game, and you'll remember, there was like this whole region of Pacifica that was basically just blocked off. That's Dogtown. Um, it's essentially owned by, like, a former NUS, uh, like, troop that decided to just take the place over during the last, like, unification war, because um, now you don't know, the NUS is sort of like the rump state, sort of, uh, replacement for the old U.S. government, because in cyberpunk lore, the old U.S. government basically collapses in the 90s, um, and so this is sort of like the remnants of it, trying to reclaim a bunch of its lost territory. And it's made some pretty good games at this point. But, um, the thing is the NUS is also more or less a dictatorship that's attached at the hip, the Militech. Uh, so, you know, there's that issue as well. But anyway, so you get there and, you know, they haven't crashed yet. They're en route to it. And you get into Dogtown where you have to basically like, you know, sneak in, um, and then they, you find out that they're basically going to crash in the middle of Dogtown, which is basically, if you've ever seen that movie Escape from New York, it's basically like that. It ends up, you know, they the escape pod, you know, leaves for manages to leave. So President Myers is in there, and you have to get to it. And then uh, you find out that they actually have something that can deal with the, uh, the remnant ship that's in your head. Um, the one that, you know, has you with Johnny Silverhand, Kim and Reeves constantly screwing with you, um, that they can get that out of you if you manage to help them with what they need doing. It involves some things like you have to like awaken some sleeper agents from the old, um, from like the old unification war and all this stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's quite fun. A lot of fun. Um, but, uh, the, the old game is starting to show its age a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's obvious now why they aren't, you know, going any further with this game and they're just going and working on a full-blown sequel. Um, and speaking of things that have shown their age, uh, Starfield, I've also started Starfield and... First things first, right off the bat, um, this is literally just Fallout Four in space, like just it, it, it's it just straight up. That's exactly what it is, yeah. um, and it's really obvious at this point that Bethesda just need to put their house engine to bed and start making something else because it's really showing its age now. Like, don't get me wrong, the game can still be very pretty, but like character interaction and character animation and stuff like that. It's very obvious that this game is essentially built on the guts of Fallout 4 and yeah, it just it shows it shows like really does. Um on top of that, like as far as like the plot is, it became really quick very obvious. This is this is Firefly literally this this is straight up like the plot is a rip off of firefly like you know the you know the, the the there was like a colony war in the past uh, and like the 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 united republic or whatever is straight up the union there's the is the alliance of planets the the free star collective is straight up just the independent systems Colony War was the unification war. It's like it's not even subtle. Um but yeah, that's basically what I've been playing. Um so yeah, Dan, Reb, what about you?
1: Yeah, um for me, nothing really has changed from what I said last week. I am still playing the Look for a Car game and uh, oh. when I'm not doing that, I'm working. So yeah, it's been a really busy for me. Um I have been playing a game. I just can't talk about it uh, until like, you know, the the embargo's up, but um yeah, uh aside from that, like I I I've been playing a few things here and there. Um on the N sixty four on the on the NSO I've been playing Excite Bike sixty four. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I didn't do the tutorial or anything. I just I I just jumped into it and I was like, Okay, I I I just got my uh ass handed to me right away. Like I can't steer. Um, I don't know how to do tricks on the mounds and like oh, okay, like I'm I'm sure this is supposed to be like the original somehow, but like I'm not feeling it. So I probably will just jump in the tutorial just just to figure it out. I have a flight next week so I figure I'll just do that. Um I also played Pokemon Stadium 2, which I never played back then because I already had Pokemon Stadium 1 and it, it didn't seem all that different. Um mm. uh, but since, you know, battles didn't appeal to me, I went ahead and tried all the mini games and uh, they're all really fun. Like, you know, a lot of people talk about or a lot of people will remember will remember how fun the um N64 was as far as couch co-op and couch multiplayer goes. And Pokemon Stadium 2 was just uh, totally right up there with like how fun things are, even compared to games like Mario Party, which do the same. Yeah. So yeah, I really enjoyed the mini games there. Um, and then I've also played a little bit of WrestleQuest uh, on my Steam Deck. Uh, this is a code that I've gotten like weeks ago, but I haven't had a chance to like really put some real time into it. But from yeah. what I've played so far, like the game introduces Macho Man Randy Savage, who's actually in the game, as well as Jake the Snake Roberts. So these are wrestling legends who are actually in there, and they, they they sort of like serve as both trainers and bosses to like um, really set up the world. And um, you know, uh, I'm I'm really just like biding time until um, uh, Mario and uh, Spider Man Two come out uh, within a couple of weeks. Mm. So yeah, like um, yeah, like right now I'm I'm just twiddling my thumbs, but I know that October will get more serious, and once we get there, I'll definitely be more in tune to what, what I'm doing. on on my gaming time. So yeah, that's
0: pretty yeah. much it. All right. Let's get to some news here. Uh, mm-hmm. it is a new month. So we have new PlayStation plus titles for you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, for essential and, the, you know, the other tiers as well, mm-hmm. uh, for the monthly games, uh, first up here, big one, less mm-hmm. than a year, uh, for this one, the Callisto protocol for PS five and PS four, uh, that came out, uh, earlier or no, this was December last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dead Space was January, so less than a year. Uh, good time for it during the Halloween season. Mm. Uh, this will be; these games will be available tomorrow, October or October third. Not tomorrow, mm-hmm. but Tuesday, October third. Uh, so that's one you can check out. The game made by at least some of the creative people behind, like creative leads behind Dead Space,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: very much shows it. Though they, from what I know, made uh, some choices around ways to divert, you know. Differ from those games, like a lot Mm. more focus on melee attacks and stuff like that. Mm. uh, That led to kind of a mixed, you know, mixed positive, you know, Mm. reaction to it. Uh, So there you go. You can check out that one for some spooky times. Mm. Uh, For some really spooky times, there's Farming Simulator 22, Mm. PS5 and PS4, dealing with the. Uh, the spookiness of, you know, farming capitalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go for that. You can work on American or European farms, driving around, you know, these big areas uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: outside of your farms. You get like a little town outside of it. Uh, go and, you know, buy new machines and such mm-hmm. and tools and all that. So there you go. Something to check out if you're looking mm-hmm. for something a little bit different for the from the fall season. Mm-hmm. and then back to a little more of a spooky game uh really like a weird west for PS5 and PS4 mm-hmm. uh so that is the sort of isometric action RPG yeah uh but more of like a, a spooky western kind of thing yeah to it so uh more focus on stealth and uh and uh lining up good uh shots and that kind of stuff as you're making your decisions how to take on uh each of the the fights and scenarios you're in mm-hmm. so yeah uh, there you go that's your three games some good choices mm-hmm. uh so yeah there you go damn and uh let's get to uh some uh, regular news bethesda mm-hmm. released a new mobile game yeah and you know fallout shelter is probably their biggest success mm-hmm. uh in that genre of yeah. mobile games based on their properties. They've had Elder Scrolls Blades, which was like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, an adaptation of the Elder Scrolls combat style mm-hmm. with some little bit of base building stuff, but didn't really do it for anybody. And then they had the uh, the card game mm-hmm. for Elder Scrolls that had died a few years ago mm-hmm. because nobody really cared about it. Yeah, and uh, now they have a sort of stealth release a game called The Elder Scrolls Castles uh that is basically fallout shelter, but you know the other skulls mm-hmm. uh, I started this up a little bit to check it out since it's still in the tutorial stuff uh, early on but yeah you're uh playing as this kingdom mm-hmm. uh at least uh the king is sort of seems to be sleeping around on his wife, the queen, and yeah. she uh potentially you get a chance to either. Embrace it or spurn off the, uh, the, you know, the, uh, the other woman and Mm -hmm. the King ends up dying in this scenario. And Mm -hmm. so you pick the, the new successor could be the, the, the queen or, you know, other people related to it. Even, Mm -hmm. uh, the, the woman in the affair Mm kind of thing. So, uh, few choices on that. It seems like you make, uh, choices every so often on things whether to help other mm. kingdoms or groups or your own people or whatever mm. uh, and that leads into some uh, weird like relationships you see the relationship meters with the different races of elder mm-hmm. scrolls yeah uh, that kind of stuff so but along the way you're getting people that coming into the castle mm. uh, you know that wait outside the door and you can build up you know uh cooking station, you know place for creating wood and other materials and all that kind of stuff, and you mm-hmm. you know assign them to those you can figure out like some have more you know higher stats in certain areas that mm-hmm. make them better for different stations, all that kind of stuff
2: yeah.
0: uh the thing that kind of sets it differently from fallout shelter is that the castle's not you know an underground fortress essentially, yeah, where you have limited space, and so you generally try to uh you know put three of a type of room together to maximize how many people you can get there and the output you get from it and all that kind of stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, this one's a little more modular. I don't know how much space you have for the the castle itself on a horizontal or vertical level, but uh they definitely have a, a whole neat thing there where you know you got a, a little more free freedom to design how the the space looks and makes it look really stupid because no castles actually would be built this way yeah uh so but it looks neat it's on android right now google play Mm -hmm. uh to check out not on the ios app store yet but uh yeah if you have it on android you can check it out Mm. and see how it goes but yeah the art style is weird because it's kind of more simplistic 3d kind of look to it that doesn't fit at least any of the Elder school stuff I've seen before.
1: Mm-hmm. So one negative I yeah. have. I don't know. Like for me, the uh, the art style is actually a positive, uh, just because uh, it doesn't look like anything Bethesda has like ever made. Um, granted, like you know, uh, Fallout Shelter is exactly the same kind of game, and I expect the same kind of, um, uh, a golden path to like play it properly, or as far as like the the mobile uh, microtransactions go. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, obviously, like, mobile is really hard for AAA uh, publishers and, and developers to really dive into, but they have had mm-hmm. success with Fallout Shelter. So hopefully uh, Elder Scrolls can do the same thing, but we'll see.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's still in kind of an early access period, so nobody knows really what's going on with microtransactions just yet.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, they don't really seem to have any things set up there just yet. Mm -hmm. but who knows? You maybe have to play a certain amount before you can even buy that stuff, which Mm -hmm. might just be more of trying to keep people from spending a ton of money in a game that might change a lot, but who knows? But that's out now. You can check it out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another game I got announced here, uh, Time Spinner 2 Unwoven Dream. Uh, This Mm -hmm. is a sequel to Time Spinner, which was a kickstarted Castlevania Symphony of the Night Mm -hmm. style game yeah yeah more so than a Metroid style game mm-hmm. uh, it very much has the the menu style and uh a lot of the world design and uh that kind of stuff that and you know weapon design and all that kind of stuff that feels like something that you would see in Symphony of the night mm-hmm. with some of the the weird weapons, but it's more focused around the the time spinner stuff where uh the whole mechanic in the the original game had you collecting the pieces of this a machine that lets you go into different parts of time, Mm -hmm. uh, usually to stop catastrophes from happening or anything like that. But yeah, uh, in that one uh, you kind of uh, have the, the evil empire attacking as uh, your character is having a birthday to become, you know, a time spinner Mm -hmm. uh, become of age for that and ends up getting sent through it uh, just before they, you know, destroy the area, so you're kind of Mm -hmm. rebuilding it in the time that you're in, which I think is in the future, Mm -hmm. a good bit, so you're learning more about story stuff and uh, a lot of the combat stuff, you know, a lot of grinding, to, Yeah. Increase your uh, health and stats and all that, and getting other weapons as you explore that kind of stuff, so Mm -hmm. you have pets, too, and all that kind of stuff that follow you around and do damage and all that, so uh, it's a really cool game. If you haven't checked that one out, they've announced a sequel. They've said no Kickstarter playing for this, but you know, never say never for it. But
2: yeah, uh,
0: basically that the first one did well enough that they have been able to afford to work on the sequel for the past uh, couple mm-hmm. of years and still plan to work on it for a couple more years. Yeah. So, there you go. That's one to keep an eye on for the future.
2: Yeah. Mm.
0: Uh, for that so yeah they're, they're just saying consoles and PC No no Platforms just yet specifically But I mm-hmm. imagine probably PS5 Xbox Series X and S and Switch 2 and PC Yeah there's some older platforms As well but That's it for the time being mm-hmm. uh, Let's see another game that got announced here Tales of the Shire uh, yeah. which, Yep uh, That is a Lord of the Rings game uh, mm-hmm. Life sim based around, you know, the Hobbits in the Shire. Yeah. Uh, Supposed to be, uh, yeah, they call it your cozy Hobbit life awaits in Tales of the Shire. A heartwarming new Lord of the Rings game by Weta Workshop and Private Division. Mm. Uh, Be out next year so. Probably not going to have any uh, terrible stuff happening. Probably not, but. Probably not. uh, But if it's a a Hobbit game. Yeah. There's going to be lots of drinking. Oh, uh, yeah. Lots of potatoes and parties and fun stuff, so...
2: Yeah. That'd be cool. Actually feels like legitimately kind of fun.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Because uh, I think a lot of, uh, way too many of these, uh of the, of the Lord of the Rings games try to go all in on, like, the battles and stuff. But part of the fun of the Lord of the Rings has always been, like, the downtime as well.
0: So, yeah. yeah. I mean, they did mainly write the books about the big battles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, So, yeah, there you go for that. That'll be out next year at some point. No platforms or anything announced, so we'll wait for more concrete details on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But to a game that is coming out pretty soon, Spider-Man 2, uh, they have announced the accessibility features that'll be in the game. Uh, There's a link down towards the bottom to the page on the Insomniac site that goes through uh, everything. If you want to see details, it might be at the top. I forget where I saw the, the link at, but uh, yeah, it takes you... Yeah, it's like right around the middle in there, but uh, they have a lot of the stuff that they've had in the last few games they've released, uh, both the Spider-Man games and Ratchet and & Clank. Uh, so they have things like uh, the combat speed slowdown stuff, uh, so you can... Uh, slow it down to make the combat easier for people that need it. Uh, All that kind of stuff. Uh, They have options to skip puzzles if you uh, are not, you know, enjoying that in any way. Mm -hmm. Uh, They got a bunch of UI stuff for uh, mini maps and mission waypoints, text color icon and prompt size. Yeah. uh, Hint stuff. uh, A lot of, uh, a lot of stuff you come to expect with uh, games that do a lot of accessibility stuff here. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have some neat stuff here for this game. Uh, where, where is it at here? They have, uh, let's see, Yeah, they have steering assistance for the web swinging. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people that have issues with that, may, probably maybe kids, mm-hmm. uh, they'll have a better time with that. Uh, they have, yeah, uh, let's see, they have chase assist so that chase target's top movement speed is lowered so there's a longer window before the target escapes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Automatically attaches to the chase target when within range. Yeah, and You can press R3 to automatically turn the camera towards the chase target. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like that. They also have stuff for the swinging mm. uh, so you can have yeah uh, the steering assistance. Uh, they have uh, essentially a bar for that so you can Mm-hmm. turn it up, turn it down, uh whatever you want. You can uh, also have some I believe have like fall damage as an option mm-hmm. in here so that you know Spider-Man you know takes a little bit of damage if he does not, you know, do any web swinging or anything to slow speed or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know that's an option for let people get the the more hardcore swinging experience if they want that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really want that, but that's what there's a, a segment of the audience that only played Spider-Man 2 back in the day, and they somehow equate it to being like the mm-hmm. the real Spider-Man game or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, they had a lot of the same stuff from the previous games, like auto-completing QTEs or you know letting you just do holds instead of mashing the button a bunch. Uh, a lot of uh, vibration settings, all sorts of stuff. Uh, They do have some stuff that's not going to be available at launch. They're planning an update for December 2023, adding a screen reader support uh, Mm -hmm. to read the text on the screen, Uh, audio description stuff for uh, the subtitles and captions. Uh, Yeah, some more visual options and high contrast stuff uh, for that. So, yeah, a lot of stuff there. Uh, So that's cool. Great to mm-hmm. see, and uh, yeah, that'll be out here in a few weeks. So,
2: yeah,
0: they do also mention the article that one of the people worked with the the access controller team, so mm-hmm. they have a uh, a good bit of insight on that that controller and how it'll work with you know Spider Man and all that. So that's pretty cool too. Mm. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Uh, let's see. Next up here, we got two people leaving their posts that they've had for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hideki Kamiya is leaving Platinum Games Yeah, as of, let's see, October 12th uh, will be his final day. Mm. Uh, so yeah, he's basically said, oh, that's Platinum statement. He said, basically on his Twitter, as announced on the official Platinum Games X account,
1: mm-hmm. I'll be
0: leaving Platinum Games on October 12th. This came after a lot of consideration based on my own beliefs and was by no means an easy decision to make. Mm. Or I feel his outcome is for the best. I'll continue to create my Hideki Kamiya way. Mm. I hope you'll keep your eyes peeled. Mm. Which I believe then he did that and then blocked the Platinum Games count. <laughs> Which is pretty, you know, typical for him, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's going to be an end for a long run for him there. Mm-hmm. As... Uh, they founded that studio in 2006,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, you know, made games like Bayonetta, Wonderful 101, uh, the TMNT game, Nier Automata, a bunch of stuff mm. uh, for that. You know, they they were essentially the remnants of Clover Studio and yep. Capcom that made very good games that did not sell. And uh, they went and made their own studio that also made very good games that did not often sell. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of been their thing. That's why they've worked on a lot of games. Then mm-hmm. for that. So yeah, that's gonna uh, be interesting to see what he does next and how that affects what Platinum does in the future. Mm. But yeah,
1: yeah, Kamiya is definitely. A, I mean, I would say it's definitely a huge loss for Platinum. I mean, th- this guy has pretty much defined um, modern uh, action systems for as long as I've been playing. So. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether there was some stuff going on at Platinum or whether he just wants to do something new. But yeah, he's he's definitely, you know, gonna be a hot free agent no matter uh what he has to wait. For.
0: Yeah. Yeah, been there for seventeen years, founded with Shinji Mikami, who also has left uh when they formed Tango Gameworks. Mm-hmm. So now is left there. So uh those two are on the free agent list, they might be Teaming up again, maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, with Atsushi Inaba, who is the current studio's CEO, so mm. they're in good hands. They got a lot of talent at Platinum Games. Oh yeah. Uh, curious to see what he does in the future. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: there you go for that. Uh, next up is the uh, favorite story of the console warriors. Mm-hmm. Uh, PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan is. Uh, Retiring from PlayStation will be, uh, you know, retiring as of, yeah, the end of March, March 31st, Uh uh, in six months. And yeah, as of, let's see, April 1st, Sony Group Corporation President, COO, and CFO Hiroki Toki uh, reporting to Sony CEO Kenichiro Yoshida. And yeah, they will be. Uh, Figuring out, I assume, who the next CEO is going to be for that. But seems basically to be a retirement. He's been at PlayStation for nearly 30 years Mm -hmm. and has basically said on his own that uh, living in Europe and running a company that is headquartered in North America, as well as with, you know, significant parts of it in Japan as well, Mm -hmm. has been difficult to, you know, lead a life and do that stuff, uh, Mm -hmm. traveling constantly. Uh, so he's saying, yeah, I believe, having been privileged to work on products that have touched millions of lives across the world, PlayStation will yeah. always be part of my life. I feel optimistic than ever about the future of SIE. I want to yeah. thank Yoshida-san for placing so much trust in me and being an incredibly sensitive and supportive leader.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so yeah, he kind of leaves PlayStation in uh, a pretty good place. The PS5 is doing as well as any PlayStation platform has done.
1: Yeah.
0: Up to this point, uh, and they are diversifying themselves pretty well. At this point, they've got mm-hmm. a bunch of you know traditional single-player games in the works that they've been releasing over the last few years, and mm-hmm. uh, they've got a bunch of live service stuff coming from a bunch of uh, internal and external studios. Yeah, and uh, you know making a bunch of weird hardware with the 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 remote player. Mm-hmm. Uh the Access Controller, they released PSVR two earlier this year, mm-hmm. uh a bunch of that stuff, and yeah, managed to weather the pandemic, uh, you know, putting a a big hold on production. Uh mm-hmm. so the PS five's been pretty resilient in that. So yeah, been a pretty good run for him, not super long as CEO, four or five years, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm but that's not a bad run for CEOs. You maybe want to have them switching out more often than not to Mm -hmm. get more, you know, fresh blood and ideas in there.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. He, he didn't spend an an incredibly long time as CEO and like, you know, we can go on forever about like the job he's done, but you know, talking strictly from a, from a business standpoint, you know, PlayStation has been number one for the last two generations. That's obviously in, in, in this industry. Um, and like, you know, um, uh, like I said about like the, the job that he has done or, or, or even Sean Layden or, uh, Jack Trenton before him, um, like PlayStation has like fully immersed itself as, um, a dominant, uh, Western power before mm-hmm. they were just known to be like a huge, like Japanese conglomerate. And like, now they're, you know, they're, they're, they're worldwide, they're, they're doing it big and, you know, well, um, like he said in his message, he. Um, expressed the difficulty of like, you know, leading like the, the, the American charge yet. He was like based in, you know, in in the UK and like, that's tough, especially if you have to be like the the front facing guy. And it's funny because, you know, most of, um, most of our clips with him will always be with the fact that he always said the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Like when talking about the lack of a need for backward compatibility or, um, you know, not taking a side when it came to like, um, office and, uh, uh, and uh gamer toxicity um but yeah i mean when when you look at the numbers uh playstation has has been awesome and you know i don't know how his uh, successor will do but i would expect the successor to also be someone with a different business acumen but what, what what interests me the most is the fact that we've seen playstation sort of take a different sort of um Strategy for the future, as far as things like live service games and yeah. um, their studios and whatnot, like they've, they've closed Pixel Opus and places like that. So I'm wondering, like, what they really want to do in the future, knowing that they are number one. How much will they want to innovate, but also at the same time, how much will they keep their identity while they continue to strive for these different kinds of live services? You know, it'll it'll be all be uh, remain to be seen. But mm-hmm. uh, as far as I'm concerned, like he, he did a solid job. He wasn't my favorite person, but I can't complain with, about the results
0: yeah he has been a big part of the sony's european strategy you know heading up that that part of the company for the last several years Mm -hmm. sort of helped them become a a huge stronghold for them in the ps3 generation where they were struggling in japan and all that and you know being a big part of the the ps4 renaissance and you know with all their european talent and all that so Mm -hmm. uh yeah that's uh a guy who's done a lot at PlayStation for, you know, thirty years here since the uh, the PlayStation launched. It's mm-hmm. a main part of their European side, which they do better in Europe uh, with a lot of their releases than Microsoft tends to try mm-hmm. at times. Is uh, localization all that, uh, which makes a big deal for a lot of people mm-hmm. when they see that kind of uh, output. So. Yeah, there you go for that news. Uh, he'll still be around for six months, so he did not get forced out or anything. Mm. Uh, if he was getting forced out, he would not be there
1: past, you know,
0: the announcement of this. So Yeah.
1: There you go. Yeah, and like the... Even even though it was, it was seemingly abrupt, the uh, timing makes sense, because, you know, we're in the middle of the generation. Uh, by now, Sony and PlayStation should be working on, like, PS6 ideas, and, you know, you might as well just go out on top.
0: Yeah. yeah. But yeah, there you go. Uh we do have one more bit of Sony news that's weird. Uh this collectible maker called Gaming Heads, based out of Hong Kong. uh has been, you know, making gaming uh figures and such for a while. Uh so that's uh not too uh surprising. Uh but they announced here with a big uh tweet letter that Saying that, yeah, on this The Last of Us day, we were going to inform you in the Sony PlayStation collecting community that Sony has told us to destroy all of our Sony PlayStation merchandise, including in-stock items, Uh uh, items ready to ship to you, uh, items in production, and items in development and ready to launch. Uh Uh, And they list off stuff for each of those categories. Yes, this also includes destroying items you paid for and are waiting to ship to you. Mm-hmm. All our other items, all non-Sony PlayStation items, are fine and not affected by Sony PlayStation's decisions.
1: Mm.
0: And they keep going on for a rant here, saying that you know we've worked with Sony PlayStation for more than ten years to bring mm-hmm. you some of the best video game collectibles, uh, and yeah. have been trying hard to get them to change their minds. And it keeps going on. Uh, yes, we want to ship your Jack Three, The Last of Us Two Ellie and Last of Us Ellie and Jules, like Cooper and Kratos statues slash bust. Yeah, but Sony PlayStation does not allow it. Uh, Yes, Sony PlayStation has already received royalty payments from you on your orders that Mm -hmm. Sony PlayStation now wants us to destroy and not ship to you. In this next paragraph, we sincerely apologize if you find yourself in a completely avoidable situation, but please contact Judy uh, Commercial Partnerships at Sony Interactive Entertainment and list their email Mm -hmm. about your... Now canceled order payments refunds etc. and what you uh, what they will do for you. This is the team at Sony PlayStation that requires the destruction of the items you mm-hmm. have ordered, paid for, and on which Sony PlayStation has already received royalties from you, but will now not allow us to ship your orders to you. Mm-hmm. And there's more here, but it's like, all right, wow, this is a a hell of a accusation here uh, with very much a one sided. Uh, framing here of this stuff Mm -hmm. and in sort of a way that sony's probably not going to make a statement on this unless Mm. gaming heads really forces it but essentially giving out a person at sony's email address and telling Mm. people to send them emails asking for their money back Mm. that kind of stuff where it's like you are the retailer that has sold these items and not shipped them out you should be the ones doing the the refunds but Mm Uh, Let's see. Some of the people that have responded to them, they're saying, when I pre-ordered the Joel and Ellie statue, that was a transaction with gaming heads, not Sony. You need to refund the money we all gave gaming heads to produce these products. Don't tell us to go to your licensor to get it. That's what you're doing is illegal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Telling customers to contact Sony for refunds and giving out Judy's email address seems very shady and unprofessional. Another Mm -hmm. one wrote, customers transacted with your company, not the licensor Sony. Mm-hmm. This reeks of fishiness and isn't the whole story here. Uh, customers made business with gaming heads, not with Sony. So you guys have to refund. It's as easy as that. another person wrote. Mm-hmm. And yeah, more people basically saying a lot of that kind of stuff. And then uh, as they're portraying themselves as the victim here, mm-hmm. I've seen tweets of other people being like, yeah, I ordered stuff from them, you know, X amount of years ago, and they still never shipped it. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, it seemed like the this company's probably been shady for a while. Yeah, uh, Maybe their license with PlayStation ran out uh, like in the middle of them producing stuff and they decided to keep going with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows what the exact thing is. This company is clearly not going to admit to any of that. Uh, but they seem to be going an interesting approach that is basically a fuck around and find out uh, plan. And right mm-hmm. now they're in the fuck around part of it telling people what's that if they want their money back, they need to pester a random person at PlayStation to do it mm-hmm. when it's, you know, business they're doing with the, their own company. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a hell of a business tactic there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is a very weird story I've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, when I first read this, I guess I, I interpreted it wrong. I thought that people who already had pre-orders in would already just uh, have them refunded and whatnot. I didn't know that people wouldn't be getting their money back and how all the stuff would be destroyed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the latter part of that, like everything being destroyed is just weird. Um, like it makes sense from obviously their standpoint, but, you know, from from Sony's, like, I'm, I i don't know, like what, why wild. the, uh, enough for them to want to make that sort of decision especially knowing that money was already tied in and like this company makes really really nice figures you know I, I looked at the inventory and it's, and it's really really nice mm-hmm. and the funny thing about all this is that now that we know this the stuff that's already out in the wild is going to be more rare so yeah it's, it's a weird situation
0: yeah And they're yeah. deliberately framing this in a certain way that makes it seem like the, that they have done nothing wrong mm-hmm. and it's like there has to been something you yeah, know, partners like this don't make these kinds of uh, requests if mm-hmm. you're just being Mister Nice Guy company, mm-hmm. and that's the the thing here. Where it's like there's another side to this that you know it's not being talked about,
1: mm-hmm. and I'd
0: be curious to see what that is, but we may never get it. But the way that the gaming heads here is framing this very much makes it seem like there's mm-hmm. there's a reason they got this. Sort of form letter back, mm-hmm. and they're just trying to make it seem like it wasn't their fault, yeah. So, yeah, there you go for that. Uh, for some weird internet uh, drama, there, but mm-hmm. uh, let's get to some real life drama. Epic Games announced that they were uh, releasing or cutting 870 jobs, about 16% of its workforce. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be covering a large part of, or a part of pretty much every company they have under their belts. And also part of this is that they are selling off Bandcamp uh, oh. to, uh, for let's see, Song Trader without the E at the end. Um, oh. Apparently, a company that uh, wanted to buy Bandcamp at one point, but Bandcamp did not want to sell to them. Oh. Uh, so now they've gotten the op- opportunity to buy them. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Uh, their marketing arm, super awesome is also being spun off into an independent company under the same branding.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's interesting. It uh, seems like a trying to get a lot of this superfluous uh, funding stuff out of the,
1: mm-hmm.
0: off the books uh, as well yeah. as, you know, getting rid of 870 people's worth of payroll. Oh, yeah. As well, Uh, though, Epic's is supposed to have pretty good severance packages, so Mm. those people hopefully aren't in too bad of a situation. Mm -hmm. But yeah, basically, everybody in the company, uh, every company under Epic Games is losing a number of their people. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, sad to see and annoying, especially because, you know, Fortnite does really well for them. The Mm -hmm. Unreal Engine... Stuff does well, but this seems to be, you know, an infinite growth kind of situation where they want to get a little bit more lean, uh, mm-hmm. so that their books and all that look pretty good mm-hmm. uh, for the next, uh, you know, financial report from them. Yeah, uh, which is always a shitty situation to be in. Yeah, anybody that works for these kind of big corporations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Some. Some sad news there from Epic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's get to uh, the last part of the show here. Smashpad's holiday release preview. Yep. Uh, we'll go over the schedule here. We're not going to talk about everything here. Yeah. Uh, in depth, but there's a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go through a lot of the the cooler stuff here uh, for October. Uh, we start off here with uh, Disguise 7 happening tomorrow, Monday, yeah. October 2nd. Yeah. Uh, so that's... Uh, Another opportunity where they're still kind of using that same art style as 6? Yeah,
2: they're still using the 3D thing. I'm hoping that they added, they worked on the animation a bit better, because, yeah, this guy is 6, its animation was just lifeless, to be frank. Yeah. Which is not something you should say about a game that was originally all Sprite.
0: Yeah. And hopefully, being on a PlayStation, Switch, and PC at launch helps them. Mm-hmm. Because you know, being a Switch exclusive, you don't really have too much yeah. of a of a tech budget there for mm-hmm. making it look super great. If you're not going with uh, the traditional sprite style mm-hmm. that they did for every other game before that, but there you go for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, we got Lamplighters, the Lamplighters League. Mm-hmm. It's Xbox and PC on Tuesday, October 3rd. That's a Game Pass mm-hmm. game as well. Uh, that's the kind of XCOM-ish kind of game, but set in more of a Indiana Jones kind of uh, style of world. So, yeah, uh, With a lot of uh, tomb exploring and mm-hmm. supernatural stuff and all that, so oh, that yeah. looks neat. Uh, there's Worldless, which is an indie mm-hmm. game that has been getting some Buzz here had a demo for mm-hmm. uh, some of the Steam Next Fest stuff. That looks really cool. Uh, it's yeah, it's like a Metroid-ish kind of game, I think. Uh-huh. They call it Adventure Platformer, which I think is what that means. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it has turn-based combat. And yeah, uh, that kind of stuff. So that looks neat mm-hmm. uh, for a game people should check out.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, that's on the 4th. Let's see, Assassin's Creed Mirage on the 5th. As well as Wargroove mm. Two, uh, so there's some more games there, and then the sixth Detective Pikachu returns, mm. and NHL 24. That's all one week, seven games
1: mm.
0: of notes. So some interesting stuff there. Uh, let's see, Forza Motorsport is on October 10th, as well as Long Gone Days and Wildcard Football. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting you some uh, Long Gone Days is like a RPG. Yeah. game there uh wildcard football is more of an arcadey football game mm-hmm. uh, with the nfl players association license so they have a bunch of real players in there but no teams mm-hmm. uh, see october 11th is honkai star rail uh, finally coming to the ps5 that is another game from the makers of genshin impact mm-hmm. as a free-to-play turn-based jrpg mm-hmm. style game uh, so there you go for that Uh, And the 13th of October is Lords of the Fallen. Mm. They're making a sequel to Lords of the Fallen called Lords of the Fallen. Yeah. So there you go. It used to be the Lords of the Fallen, but they said no Lord, no the in title, (laughs) but uh, they're taking some interesting inspirations from, you know, other Souls games and such. And that has uh, some neat mechanics to it, uh, especially some some of the like uh, uh, chasing after your, The stuff you've left behind, that kind of stuff. Yep. There's some neat stuff there. Uh, And that's the the second week of October. Uh, Mm -hmm. Third week, we get October 17th, Sonic Superstars and Wizard with a Gun.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Some good-looking games there. The next day, Devolver Digital has another game coming out, Hellboy Web of Weird. Mm -hmm. Uh, There you go for that. So the 19th is Endless Dungeons, Hot Wheels Unleashed 2, Turbocharged, Jackbox Party Pack 10, Mm -hmm. Mail Time. Uh, That's a cutesy little uh, game set in the forest where you're a mail carrier of sorts. Mm -hmm. 3D platformer adventure stuff. Yeah. Uh, That's a neat one. Uh, Also on October 19th, World of Horror. Yeah. It's a game that's based on the style of Junji Ito. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. It's sort of a a turn-based RPG, uh, but not in a a JRPG fashion or anything. It's kind Mm -hmm. of more... They more dungeon crawly kind of style, but not, I don't think you're really mm-hmm. crawling dungeons, just running through different scenarios that weird, scary shit happens.
2: Oh,
0: yeah. And the weird thing is, this was on Game Pass and Early Access, and is not coming to Xbox. Yep. So I don't know what the heck happened there.
2: Mm.
0: But something happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, on October 20th is where the two biggest games of the month happen Marvel's Spider Man 2 mm-hmm. and Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Yeah. Both exclusives to one platform uh, for that. So that's your third week. Mm -hmm. A bunch more games there. Uh, Ten games there. Yeah. And then October ends with uh, Just Dance 2024 edition on October 24th. Yeah. There's The Lord of the Rings Return to Moria. It's sort of a survival uh, crafting game of Mm sorts, but not like a first-person one. Yeah. It's more like management kind of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, also, October twenty fourth is Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume One
2: mm-hmm.
0: on uh, everything, pretty much. Yep. And then uh, let's see, the twenty sixth is Ghost Runner Two. The twenty seventh is Alan Wake Two. That's one I'm definitely uh, looking forward to because I love the first game.
2: First yeah. game was was amazing. It was also one of the most stressful gaming experiences I've ever had because yeah. see, the whole conceit of that game is. Uh the enemies that you go up against, before you can actually like attack them, you have to like shine a flashlight on them until like the shadow or whatever that's on them like goes away so that you can actually like shoot them. Um and like it's it's you know, like there and the only other way you can do it is either a flash grenade or like getting them like underneath a uh like a like a like a street light or something. And it is ooh, it is tense.
0: It's fine, but it's can't. Yeah. Uh well, let's see. Also coming out, let's see, October twenty-seventh is UFC five, is fifth UFC game. Yeah. Uh, then on October 31st, Halloween juice mm-hmm. uh, which is not a spooky game, at least not mm-hmm. from what I played of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is also it's on PS5, Xbox, Series, X and S and PC, and that's on Game Pass. So that's October. A lot of stuff there. Um, I think the ones I'm most interested in here: Assassin's Creed Mirage, mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: let's see, Honkai Star Rail, mm-hmm. Wizard with a Gun. I'm trying to see what else here. Mail time if I can get some time for that. Uh, Marvel Spider-Man Two is probably the big game. Yeah, and uh, maybe Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume One, and I'll check out Jusan on Game Pass. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, Brandon, what are you looking forward to in October?
2: Uh, well, I just told you, Alan Wake Two. That's one of them. Um, let me see. Uh, definitely also, uh, Super Mario Brothers Wonder. That looks like a lot of fun. Um, let me see. Uh, probably also War Group 2, because I really liked the first one. Uh, the first one was a lot of fun. And actually pretty well written. Uh, it had a really nice, you know, art style. Uh, and probably, maybe, I say this with a big maybe, maybe Metal Gear Solid Master Collection. But that's a big maybe because I want to see you know how it plays first because yeah. so, you know this is Konami we're talking about and
0: yeah well you know so yeah yeah well <laughs> yeah there you go the Dan what are you looking forward to in August or October
1: yeah I mean for me I mentioned it earlier I am really looking forward to both uh, Super Mario Brothers Wonder as well as Marvel Spider Man Two uh mm-hmm. the preceding spider-man game was my game of the year that year so looking forward to the sequel but it, it looks better in just about every aspect so there's that but i do mm-hmm. want to um give a shout out to uh you know sonic superstars because that game will probably like just just fall off the edge of the water because like you know it's coming out two days before these games and That sucks. Mm-hmm. um and then uh i also do want to point out um Assassin's Creed Mirage. I know a lot of people are like tired of Assassin's Creed games, but you know, mm-hmm. it going back to its roots uh, really means a lot. And I, I've, like, so far, from what I've heard from people who've previewed it, like it, it's, it's really good. And then the one thing that I totally forgot about was Detective Pikachu Returns. Um, I actually mm-hmm. have a pre-order on that, so uh, I'll definitely open that when that comes. Um, but yeah, October is pretty, uh, pretty stacked. Um, I also want to point out uh, Wizard with a Gun. Uh, Mm -hmm. That game had one of the longest lines out of all the indies I saw at PAX, and I didn't get to play it. So, you know, hopefully I can get a code for that one and try that one. But yeah, Mm -hmm. October is stacked, and I'm pretty excited.
0: Yeah, Wizard with a Gun was a very fun demo. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I played it during the Steam Next Fest stuff, uh, that's one to keep an eye on, too. So, yeah, October, pretty good. Mm -hmm. Uh, November's a little bit smaller, but not that much smaller. Uh, Let's Mm -hmm. see here. November 2nd is going to be a big day. My time's at Sandrock. Uh the follow up to my times at I forget what the first game's called um, but it's a life sim three d life sim uh, mm-hmm. you know exploring an area, doing you know building up your farmhouse and all that, yeah, uh, doing stuff for people and exploring and fighting enemies in mm-hmm. dungeons and that kind of stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, another one of those, but uh pretty good one that's on everything remember second mm-hmm. uh it's robocop rogue city, the new game from the team that made the Terminator game that was pretty good first person mm-hmm. shooter, uh, so people are looking forward to that one. That's on PS five, Xbox Series X and S, and PC.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, also, November second is Star Ocean: The Second Story R, mm-hmm. uh, the sort of remake of the the second Star Ocean game. Yep, that puts it in more of the style of you know the Octopath Traveler and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that looks neat. Uh, then yep. also, November second is the Talos Principle 2, they mm-hmm. just announced that. Uh, so you can check that out on PS5, Xbox Series X and S and PC. Mm. Then also November 2nd is Thirsty Suitors, uh, which is on everything. And that's the uh, the weird adventure uh, wacky um, combat game of like a... I forget if you're a, a woman or a... You're a woman. I think, I think you're a woman that... Yeah, an Indian... Well, I'm mean, a Desi woman, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Who's dealing with the the conflict of her family making judgments about uh, potential uh, boyfriends that she is looking to get interested in and uh, in manifesting those sort of verbal fights in physical ways, mm-hmm. uh, very silly and ridiculous ways. Uh, that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's a hell of a time to start uh, November. There were three or five big games sets. Uh, November second, mm-hmm. uh, November third follows up with Ebenezer and the Invisible World. That's the the Metroid style game, but featuring Ebenezer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a sequel to A Christmas Story. Yeah, A Christmas Carol. Uh, a Christmas yeah. Carol. Sorry, uh, that is uh, a weird thing to do, but it's public domain, so whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, Ebenezer's gone through, you know, the the, the three ghosts of. Uh, Christmas past, present, and future now can see Mm -hmm. ghosts and is able to take on quests and such with ghosts and fight other ghosts and Mm -hmm. people and all that. It's it's weird, but it works pretty well for Mm -hmm. him. Let's see. We got WRC, the World Rally Championship game. EA's first Mm -hmm. uh, from Codemasters. uh, It's PS5, Xbox Series X, and S, and PC on November 3rd. and Mm -hmm. Also that same day is WarioWare Move-It on the Switch. Mm-hmm. That is uh, uh, the motion-focused WarioWare game, mm-hmm. uh, sort of a, a pseudo-sequel to the, the Wii game back in the mm-hmm. day. Uh, so there you go for that. Uh, November 6th, The Invincible. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the neat game from... Uh, I forget what the, the publisher is. They were originally...
2: Focus Entertainment. Yeah, they were originally with CDR, with CDR Red. CP. C- yeah cp whatever you know the one yeah <laughs> cd project red <laughs> thank you jesus yeah. i could not get it out
0: yeah so that's uh that's a neat little first person adventure game of sorts where you are exploring this supposedly barren planet that finds out that robots are have been doing stuff and yeah getting weird yeah
2: i read the book that this is based on, so uh, yeah. prepare for some mindfuckery. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, then let's see. Next up here, like a dragon, the man who erased his name.
1: Yep,
0: uh, or like a dragon, Guy den, the man mm-hmm. who erased his name. Just in case that name couldn't be any longer. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's out on PlayStation, Xbox, PC, November 9th. That'll also be on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, the November tenth, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare three. Yeah, that's the. Uh, they figured out how to get another one out of there somehow Uh, because they needed one badly. So they're basically making an expansion for modern warfare Mm Two and just making it the sequel. Yep. So there you go for that. Uh, Let's see. November 14th Mm -hmm. broken roads. This is a, uh, an isometric, you know, RPG, but like uh, uh, what's the, the RPG that has no combat in it that, was like game of the year territory, Disco Elysium. Yeah, they're very much going after that kind of game. Yeah, um, but set in like a post-apocalyptic Australia.
2: Yeah, so basically just like one degree from you know regular Australia, but
0: yeah, like a Mad Max ish kind of version of that. So yeah, that looks neat. That's on everything, November fourteenth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Also, November fourteenth is Super Crazy Rhythm Castle, the Konami rhythm game. Yep. Yeah. Uh, with a lot of like Baymani style to it and songs based on their various games over the years that have had a lot of great music mm-hmm. uh, but they' decided to release it here in the middle of all these games, yeah, so that nobody will buy it
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so wait until like January and you can probably get it for half off or something yeah uh so there you go for that uh November sixteenth flashback two mm-hmm. that's finally happening uh that's on everything so. You can see the follow up to Flashback, a game from the uh, 90s PC days. It was also mm-hmm. on like Genesis and some other platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, let's see, Yohane the Parahelion, Blaze in the Deep Blue. This is based on an anime, mm-hmm. uh, but comes from Inti Creates. So uh, they make all the uh, Mega Man esque games or mm-hmm. Castlevania esque games. Uh, yep. This is in the Castlevania realm. So. Mm-hmm. looks really neat if you want one yeah. of those kind of games so mm-hmm. that's one to check out uh, let's see on November 17th there's Naruto Cross Boruto Ultimate Ninja mm-hmm. Storms Connections that takes all the story from Naruto and Boruto and mm-hmm. pushes it into one game somehow mm-hmm. that'll take probably a few hundred hours to beat but you'll be able to get through that mm-hmm. uh, and then they end November pretty much with two more games. There's not really anything after this mm. uh, persona five Tactica on November 17th. Mm. Uh, it's on everything and super Mario RPG on the switch. Yep. Also on November 17th. So there's not really anything else releasing that second half, half of that month. Not really. Uh, no. So there's a weird little break there of yeah. sorts, but there's probably a bunch of smaller indie stuff in there. So, mm-hmm. but November is pretty stacked as well. Um Yeah the things I would say I'm most interested in here, probably thirsty suitors, mm-hmm. uh, Ebenezer and the invisible world. Cause that was yeah. pretty fun for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll check like a dragon guide in It's on a game pass. And, uh, yeah, maybe persona five Tactica. I've not seen enough of that to know if that's going to be my thing, uh, yeah. for the, the tactics style of it. But yeah, who knows? Um, I've been playing the super Nintendo version of super Mario RPG. Yeah. Uh, which is rough, uh, but uh, yeah, pretty solid. But I may just keep playing that instead of getting the the new version. Mm-hmm. So it'll be sixty dollars cheaper. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but that's pretty much it for me in November. How about you, Brandon?
2: Uh, Super Mario RPG first and front, uh, for foremost. I am so psyched that they're giving this game some love again, and um, they're, they're It's not just going to be like a straight port either. Like they're actually. Going back, they're redoing some stuff. They're updating the combat. They're adding new content and stuff. And I just, I, I just, I want to play that game again. That game plot wise made absolutely no sense, and yet it didn't need to because <laughs> it was Mario and it was fun and silly. Um, yeah, but uh, definitely also probably Broken Roads as well. Um, I just, uh, I, I saw the trailer for that and I was like, yeah, I got to give this game a shot. Um, The Invincible is also a big definite for me um, because, again, I've been kind of looking forward to that game. I hope it's good. (laughs) For all the thought that's gone into it, I hope it ends up being a good game. Um, And probably also Thirsty Suitors, too. That game's been kind of on my radar, and it's intrigued me, to say the least. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty much it for me.
1: All right, how about you, Dan Reb? Yeah, mine's also going to be Mario RPG. Main reason being, I've never finished uh, the original. Like you know, I, I never owned a Super Nintendo. So there's that. And then there's just there hasn't been a legal version for me to play. Yeah. When I played those, you know, unsavory versions, I've always had messed up, and mm-hmm.
2: uh,
1: that that's that that that's a blind spot uh, in my gaming. Um, aside from that, uh, let's see my uh, link. Uh, yeah, uh, Persona 5 Tactica, I tried a little bit of it at PAX, um, and I, I didn't really have much of an opinion that I played, but it does sort of the same thing that Persona 5 did, where, you know, it's a turn-based game, but for some reason, like, just the atmosphere and, like, how much you get into it, it makes me feel like it's not turn-based. Like, I can't really explain how that works, but it sort of does the same thing, and that, that, that's something I, I'm trying. Um, and then there's, like, a Dragon guy. Spending any any more than it has to for the remainder of the year, but it is what it is. So yeah, that that, that, that that's really it. Oh, um, Star Ocean Second Story. i um, I'm not going to be getting that day one, but that's also my favorite Star Ocean game. So looking forward to that.
0: All right, December has three games. Yep, that's all I could really
1: get. Uh, um, of note, might as well combine it. <laughs> yeah,
0: December first is this uh, Dragon Quest Monsters: The Dark Prince they mm-hmm. uh, them doing a new like monster collection Dragon Quest game. Yeah. Uh, so that's on the Switch exclusively.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but for off of uh, the Switch or on everything SteamWorld Build is also out that day. That is the, uh, the the newest game in the series where you're essentially building up a mining town mm-hmm. uh, of robots and you know building out uh, that stuff to appeal to different uh, types of robots and bring them mm-hmm. into the town and then uh, along the way, you're using those resources uh to expand your ability to go mining in the mines below uh and then getting the resources there to build up the town above you know going back and forth and kind of feeding into the the narrative stuff the demo I played uh uh a few months ago was really mm-hmm. good, and kind of one of the first one of these kind of city builders that I really got into, and uh mm-hmm. yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, then the last game here is Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Yeah. Uh, for the new consoles and PC for December 7th. And that is mm-hmm. basically what if they made an Avatar game that is Far Cry? Yeah. They're not making a Far Cry for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what if Avatar is the Far Cry?
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: like that could work. But also, I don't know how many of the Avatar uh, uh, you know, fandom wants to play this game. hmm Compared to just watching the movies again. Yeah. Or whatever, going to the the theme park stuff they have for it. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that's December. Uh, the only game I'm really excited for here is SteamWorld Build. That's uh, That'll be on Game Pass as well. So
2: mm-hmm. that's
0: one you can check out pretty easily. Uh, that's pretty much it for me. I don't know if either of you have any other
1: interest for these games on December. Not
2: really. No.
1: <laughs> I'm actually really interested in the Avatar game that was something that really caught my eye when it was at first at first it didn't look all that polished, but as we saw more and more, it got a little better. My main Mm. fear is that it might end up being Far Cry. I have nothing against Far Cry. In fact, I really enjoyed Far Cry 6, which is actually the only Far Cry game I've played and finished. Mm. Um, I just, you know, hope that it doesn't borrow too much from that. And we'll see from there. But, uh, you know, I'm interested in like seeing more of that world, like, you know, firsthand. And Mm. it looks like they could do it because Ubisoft is good at that stuff. But again, I just hope it's not another Far Cry.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, there's your kind of look at the the biggest releases of uh, the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. The holiday season, uh, these games aren't going to be all of it, but uh, kind of the biggest stuff that's been set in stone right now. Mm. Uh, There's always going to be stuff. There's... Two games that got delayed out of this list: uh, City Skylines two got delayed to yeah. next year, and then uh, I forget what the other one was. Um, but yeah, games are still getting delayed here, weeks ahead of their launch. Uh, so yeah. anything can happen. Uh, we still have some stuff that's supposed to be out this year that hasn't had a date yet, and they are in basically put it out or shut up, and tell people yeah. to wait until next year. Mm-hmm. Kind of territory. So there you go for that stuff. Oh. Uh that's gonna do it for the show this week. Thank you to Brandon Danver for joining. Always. Uh we'll be back next week with a new slate of news and games to talk about as uh October uh threatens to kill us all. Yep. And yeah, that's uh not a euphemism. There's thirty games here that uh are for the most part at least interesting and we've all have several games that we want to check out. Mm-hmm. in some way so that's a a big concern so mm-hmm. yeah uh, if you enjoy the show for your let friends and family know they should check it out and Select strangers uh that are yeah. also griping at how many games are coming out here seriously over the next two months uh but yeah thank you all for tuning in uh have a good one we'll see you next time